and the, the worship team is going to join you and we'll, we'll receive the offering later, alright? It's not going anywhere. If you got to leave early, find somebody, Pastor Kevin or somebody, and give it to them at the door. Or bring it up here and put, don't put it in one of these bags. We'll never find it. Shouldn't have said that. Man, what a great day to be in the, in the house of the Lord. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Um, keep playing. That sounds good. Hand me my stuff. Um, I'm not going to try to step over all these groceries. Oh, thank you. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're at. And uh, that's where we're going to be today. As we continue looking at this, uh, this series and our theme for the year, our vision for the year, Love Your City. Matthew chapter 5, verse... 13, Jesus is speaking, Sermon on the Mount, right in the middle of his best sermon, his best message, everything, really everything that we need to know about him and the kingdom and what living for Christ is all about. He says it in the Sermon on the Mount. And in, and in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? What's the answer? No. It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for preserving it for us that 2,000 years later we can sit here this morning and read it. And God, I pray that as your word goes forth this morning, God, that you would just speak through me, anoint me to say what you've laid on my heart to say. Anoint the hearers at our hearts and our minds. We're here. May it find good soil this morning. And God, we just thank you for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. In 1995, I had just graduated from Lee College. And I was looking for a job. I wanted to be a youth and music pastor. I was looking for a place to go. And I, I don't even remember the church or the pastor, but I had an interview somewhere in the Atlanta area. And I, I was sitting down with that pastor that day, and we were having lunch, and we were going back and forth about you know, just kind of getting to know each other. And uh, we were getting into the meal, and he said, Well, I'm glad to see you there, son, that... Uh, you didn't put salt on your food before you ate it. Before you first tasted it. And I thought, well, what are you talking about? You know, I wasn't prepared for that part of the interview. I didn't know it was going to be a salt question. And, um, and I'm just kind of probably looking at him like, well, okay. He said, well, 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 that tells me a lot about you. And I'm thinking, really? And he said, well, it says to me, you know, a person who tastes their food first before they put salt on it tells me that you're a person who doesn't make hasty decisions. 
You think about things before you do them. And I was like, okay, never thought about that. But um, all right, well, I'm putting salt on my food today, you know. Well, I, I, you know, I thought about that this week when I read that scripture, salt of the earth. Now, I, I'm probably not like that anymore. Years of eating have, has done, you know, to me to where I feel like now I know when I sit in front of that plate, anybody with me, what needs salt and what doesn't need salt. And boy, any salt people here, you just got to have the salt, okay? I'm getting thirsty just thinking about it, okay? Got to have the salt. Got to have the pepper. When I sit down, they're more important than my fork. Not that I'd eat with my hands. If it's ribs, I might. Yes, that's the only way to eat ribs. And chicken wings. Don't eat chicken wings with a fork. You just need to be deleted from society if you do that, okay? But chicken wings with your fingers, ribs with your fork. But I, more important to me than a fork, I'm looking for a napkin and salt and pepper. That's because I'm going to get in there, okay, and make it happen, all right? So thinking about salt, all right, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, okay? And, and I, wanna, I want us to think about what that means today because understanding our vision and where God wants to take us this year as a church and what, what He wants to do through us is we love our cities this is the perfect verse, that we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And I want to use an illustration this morning that I, that I, am, I am stealing with permission from, from my friend, Dr. Tom Grisano. Now, some of you saw this a couple years ago. Dr. Tom Grisano is one of our urban missionaries. He works in Detroit and in the Bronx and has churches there. And he was here doing a seminar on outreach and evangelism and how to Love Your City, really, a couple years ago, and did this illustration. Now, some of you saw this, so if you did, you, you can't respond, okay? You, you can't pretend like you're seeing it for the first time, all right? So I called him this week. I said, Pastor Tom, can I use that illustration? I, I need to steal it, all right? It was so good. I, most of the time, I don't ask permission. I just steal stuff. You know, that's how preachers do. There's nothing original. You're just getting what somebody else has done. So, but I thought I need to ask him for permission. So I said, yeah. He said, yes, you, you, can, you can do that. So I, I need a volunteer this morning. Evan, since you're right there on the end, I think you're a perfect volunteer. So come on up here and help me. You're young, spry. You can be up here quickly. Now, here's what we got. I've got a, um, a plate and salt. Is that salt? Okay, all right. Can you tell? Is it salt? Okay, all right. Now, I'm going to put some salt on this plate. And I need you to lick your finger, and I need you to put it in there and see, tell me what that tastes like. Okay, you said it tastes like salt, okay? All right, let's be sure. All right, put some more on there. Now taste it. He said it still tastes like salt, all right. Got to see if I can get this to work, okay? All right, try it again. Still tastes like salt. Does it? Yep. Still tastes like salt. Okay, Evan, it, if I do this all day and we keep doing this over and over and over, you want to do it again? No, oh, I just asked you, do you want to? Okay, you don't want to. All right. If we do this all day, is it going to change the taste of that? No, because I'm doing what? I'm putting salt on salt. And right now, he's probably pretty what? All right, so give him a hand, and I'm going to give him a bottle of water. All right, good job. Now, I can do this all day, and it's always going to taste like salt, right? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt 
is not made to be put on salt. Right? Salt's not created to be put on salt. Salt goes on what? What's some stuff? Talk to me. I'm going to let you talk back to me this morning. What are some things that salt goes on? French fries. What else? Corn on the cob. Green beans, especially if they're in the can. My Lord, you can't get enough salt. I go to the seasoned salt, the Lowry's. Okay, what else needs salt? Okay, chicken. Grits need a lot of salt. I mean, just think about it, y'all. How Grits, we really eat that, but you get enough salt and butter and pepper and cheese. My Lord, I told you we can get emotional about stuff now. That's something to get emotional about. Praise the Lord for grits. All right? After you get salt and pepper and cheese and butter on them. And even drop some bacon in there. My goodness. I'm, I'm hungry. Let's go to Huddle House. Let's just go take this whole thing. I'm already standing here in all this food, y'all. Okay, so. All right, let's stay on task. Okay, so. Salt's not made to be put on salt. Salt goes on what? Food. What else? Hmm? You say Ice. Yeah, you do do that. You do. I've needed some more salt the other day, and, and there was no salt at Walmart because everybody's putting it on ice. But really, salt is made to go on things that are dead. I don't think you go out to the field and you put salt on your green beans and your collards and your turnips and your field peas in the field, right? Unless you're crazy, you don't go to the chicken coop and put a thing and put that salt on your chicken. Where's the fisherman? You don't go out on the boat and put salt all around the all around the water as you're fishing, right? Because salt goes on things that are dead. Unfortunately, in the church, what we do a lot is we spend, most of us in most churches in America spend a big portion of our time, money, and resources doing this. Putting salt on salt okay we do that right but what is salt's not made to go on salt salt's made to go on dead things salt livens it brings out the flavor of things right salt preserves things so when Jesus says you as a believer are the salt of the earth it doesn't mean that your your primary job is just to shake off shake on the person in your that you're sitting beside in church or in your small group or, or who's in M&M's with you or whatever. It's not just to, for that purpose. But it is to shake out on somebody else. So the first thing that we need to learn today about this next step we're taking in love in our cities is that Jesus tells us you need to be salty. And you need to stay salty. You like that? That's pretty theological, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's as deep as it can get. Be salty and stay salty. Now, what do you mean stay salty? Now, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? No, right? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Anybody ever got uh, water in a thing of salt? It's worthless, right? You basically, unless you're just going to dump the whole thing in, unless you're cooking, cooking something huge, you just throw it out, right? Because at that point, it's worthless. If salt's not salt, it's worthless. You, you, just, you just throw it out. And if Jesus tells us that there's the possibility that, okay, he's already said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt becomes 
unsalty, then it's just thrown out. That tells me that there's a chance that even Jesus following, God loving, church going Christian folks can become less salty and not very salty. Would you agree with that? That's what Jesus is saying here. So, there's a possibility that we could lose our flavor. So we're not just called to be salty around people who aren't salty, but we're also called to stay salty. How do you stay salty? Well, we've been talking about it in this series. One of the first things that we said in the first week was our, our vision word, our vision statement for the year, hear His heart, show His love. You stay salty by hearing His heart. You keep your salt intake up by being in the Word and praying and doing what you're doing right now. You're getting salty right now. But all the salt that you're, you're, you're getting yourself salty today in church as you're worshiping and, and hearing the Word and, and going through all this together. But all of that isn't made for you to just fill up like a big old salt shaker, stay at that amount and come back next week and keep filling up. What you're supposed to do next week, over the next week, is you're just supposed to go out here and shake your salt out on everybody else. All right? You're supposed to shake it out on somebody else. You got it? All right? New England's Patriots fan over there. Lord, Lord deliver him. What, what, what can we say? All of our teams are at home. We can say go Jags. That's what we'll say. All right. I'm getting all over the place. Your salt's got to be on somebody else. Okay? Everybody look at it and say it with me. Be salty. Be salty, stay salty. Okay, now, what does he say next? He talks about salt. Then he talks about light. And he says, you are the light of the world, a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. That makes no sense, right? Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, Jesus uses a second illustration here, light. Okay? Now, this light illustration is pretty obvious. Okay, We're to be the light of the world. The salt is the one that sometimes you hear like, what exactly do you mean by that Jesus? Hopefully, you've got that now. But the light part, that's pretty easy to understand. We are to be light. We are to go in a dark place and be light. Now, Tressa read part of John 1 this morning. But at the very beginning of John chapter 1, Jesus says, John says this about Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So Jesus came to be life and be, say it, light and it's pretty cool that later on now here in Matthew we hear him say you're to be salt and light so Jesus came to be life and light and then he tells you and me that part of our job and our responsibility as believers is to be what to be light so our job is to be light and stay lit Y'all, I knew y'all liked that word lit over there. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But our job is to be light and to stay lit now, okay? John, you might have to help me a little bit here. Uh, at least help me not to open up one of these boxes of Pop-Tarts. Or knock over some noodles or something, all right? All right, now. The scripture says, go back to that one about light, Chris. 
All right? Go back a couple more. Maybe. I'll find it. All right, you're the light of the world. There it is. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house, okay? So, we got lights everywhere in the house, right? Right now, okay? Cut out all the lights in the house. All right? Now, if I really want to get all the lights out in the house, I got two spots to go back here. And all the lights will be in the house. And as we're cutting these lights out in the house, what's happening to the room? Talk to me. It's getting dark. And Jesus says, oh, I got those lights too. I ain't going to do, do all that. Somebody else can help me and do that. We're only going to get so dark in here. You can see that. Okay, but we've got a light. We put it on a stand. And what's it going to do? It's going to provide light in the room. This is a big room. So this light is insufficient to cover the whole room. But right here, these two folks sitting right here, if they needed to read their Bibles right now, they got, got them, they can open them up and read them, right? This light is bringing light all around where it's supposed to. But Jesus said, don't have a light. You're called to be salt and light. And don't do what to it? See, I got to tell you, I saw that movie about the circus last night, and it's got me messed up. I, my, theatrics are, my theatrics are off charts today. All right? So, what's happened to our light? It's covered up. It's kind of there, but it's not as bright as it could be, and it should be. What's causing that light to even be lit in the first place? It's kind of like what we talked about last week when we brought a water hose in here. We talked about the water had a source, and this has got a power source, and, and it runs back, and it, it's plugged into the wall, and whether it's DC or AD, uh, uh, AC or DC, not the band. Y'all shouldn't even know about that. Y'all are Christian folks. AC or DC or batteries or solar power or whatever it is, any light source has to have power. If you are going to be a light source, a source of light for Jesus, you got to be plugged into some, y'all going to preach and help me, power, right? So we are, that's why we're here in church this morning, we're getting lit this morning, okay, I'm going to get there in a minute, alright, but we're getting lit, we're get, so, so we're, our light is, is, is getting there, so we get this light, and Jesus says, Nobody. It's like Jesus is saying, okay, really? It, the, 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 the interpretation, the word we're missing here is like Jesus would say, really? You're really going to light a lamp in a room and then cover it up? Does that make any sense at all? Jesus says, no. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everybody in the house, or at least in a room this big, everybody right in this spot. But... Whoever designed this room designed the lights. And if you'll cut on one row at a time, as you cut on one row at a time, you'll see that that row, as they come across the room, will begin to light up the room, right? Okay? Because those lights aren't there just to look pretty. They're there to bring light to the room. 
And then if you'll take that knob, Jack, and you'll turn them all, turn the dimmers all the way wide open, okay? Get your eyes ready, all right? Here we go. The room suddenly becomes super bright because the lights are wide open. Y'all didn't know it could be that bright in here, didn't you? Okay? Don't look at somebody too close. You might see something that you don't want to see. All right? So we put a light on a stand to light up the room. And Jesus says we are to be the light of the world. And he says we are to stay lit. All right, and here we go. Now that word lit, there's a slang to it. Now, listen to this. Even the, even the dictionary is up on this. Slang. Under the influence of liquor or nar narcotics. Intoxicated. And in parentheses, this is, this is perfect. Usually followed by up. Lit up. It took y'all a minute, all right? <laughs> That's what the dictionary says. Usually the word lit in that terminology slang is followed by lit up, okay? Now I'm, I'm sitting at my computer and I'm, okay, be light, stay lit. Okay, that'll work. And then I'm thinking, hmm, stay lit. I look at that definition and I'm like, what did we read last week? We read last week in Ephesians chapter 5 where Paul says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Woo! And I'm like, okay, we're connecting the dots. Because when Jesus says, be light and stay lit, if we want to use it, it works in our vernacular because he's saying stay lit under the influence, not of alcohol, which leads to debauchery, but stay lit and full of the Holy Spirit. If you stay, if you've got the light of Jesus and you stay lit in Him, you will be full of the Holy Spirit and that light will get out everywhere you go. You'll be shining to people all around you. Amen? You got it. So I think we're going to get us some t-shirts that say, stay lit. <laughs> All right? And that's going to give you an opportunity to show, what in the world, man? And that 14-year-old kid wearing a shirt, stay lit. I'll tell you what it means. It means, okay, we might think about that one. All right, so. Now, anybody remember that song? Anybody grow up singing the song in in a kid's church, this little light of mine, come on, I'm gonna let it shine, sing this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, okay, blah, 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 okay, now second verse, anybody remember the second verse? Okay, hide it under a bushel, right, hide it under a bushel, okay, right. then there's a third verse that says, I won't let Satan Okay. Now, when we were kids, I can remember being in church, and they, they would make us pretend like we were holding something, and we'd say, don't let Satan it out. That was my favorite part of the song, because we got to go, don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. So, that's a, actually a really good theological song, because Jesus says... Be full of light. Be light. Don't let your light go out. Because the enemy wants to come in and take out your light. Because here's the thing. If he cuts off your light, he doesn't just cut off the light that's inside of you personally. He cuts off access to the light of the people he's put around you. Well, that's good preaching right there. Okay? And see, Satan, what he, what he wants to do, he wants to blow our light out. Or like Jesus said, he wants to cover our light. 
And what will happen is, like troubles in life or discouragement or things that we don't understand or depression or fear or doubt will come along and it will cover our light. And that light that Jesus has put inside of us to shine to everybody else is covered. Let me tell you, whatever it is that you're going through, stay lit. Whatever it is that's happened in your life, keep your light on. Because it could be that what you're going through and what you're lit up about is not just for you, it's for somebody else. The discouragement, the pain, the story, your story is not just for you. It's so that wherever you go, you can shine the light of your story to somebody else. If Satan cuts out my light, then I don't have light to show to anybody else. And those two words went together. Jesus used, John used two words about Jesus. Light and life. And that means that if my light's not shining, my life is empty. I have nothing to give to somebody else. I'm lifeless. Let us not be lifeless believers, but no matter where we go and no matter what we're going through, stay lit. No matter the pain, stay lit. No matter the questions, stay lit. No matter the depression, stay lit. No matter the temptation, stay lit. No matter what Satan would do and bring in your life to it out, stay lit because somebody somewhere needs your light. Amen. Let's look at the last part of that verse. Jesus says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I just want to take a minute and share with you something about the history of our church. Rinkin Church of God began in 1961 with a pastor named Guy McLam. Do you know Brother McLam? Do you know him? Guy McLam and, a, and a, a small group of people started Rinkin Church of God in 1961. First piece of property they had was a, a, little, a little place that they built on Williams Street. And I didn't even know where Williams Street was in Rinkin. I had to pull it up on the map. But it's, it's over there kind of behind Rinkin Elementary School and behind McCumber Ballpark over there. I pulled it up on MapQuest and I saw a picture just to kind of see where and what it looked like. They began and within a couple of months they had that property and they started building something. And the story goes that, that they began the work on that first church and before they even got a floor in it, they were so excited about worshiping together that they got together anyway, even with a dirt floor and worshiped. And God began to bless them, and they, they went through a lot of different pastors through the years. In 1971, I don't know the exact story. I, I, I want to find it out. But in 1971, they bought property here on Highway 21. Now, anybody who, who's smart knows that 46 years ago in 1971, uh, Highway 21 wasn't what it is today. You know, but they bought property here and they built what is the Kid City building, just that little building, Kid City, where you drop, you got kids where you drop your kids off. That was the original sanctuary right there. 
So from 1971 to 1984, 1983, the church just kind of went through a lot of different stages and, and uh, was just that building, just kind of hung on. Then in 1983, the Lord divinely led a young man named Wayne Merritt here to Rinkin Church of God and his, his wife. And just a handful of people over there when they started. But through the Lord's direction over the years, that handful began to experienced some addition through the years. Sister McClendon is nodding her head because she remembers at one point she was a part of that addition. And others of you who've been around for a while became a part of that addition. And, and Pastor Merritt, in the direction where the church built on to the back of that kid's city, built an office and built a couple of other Sunday school rooms. And then in 1992, decided to build this beautiful sanctuary. Can you imagine going from that little building to this? I, I don't know what y'all's first service was like that Sunday in 92, but son, it, sh- it could have been, should have been, and I'm sure it was unreal, having moved in into this room and having this place to fill up. Church began continued to grow. 1999, the foresight that the council and Pastor Merritt had at that time to say, we need to reach our community. We need to do something even more to reach our families and our children. We're going to spend money and buy a li- build a life center. And they built the Family Life Center in 1999. Church continued to move and grow in 2007. Anybody remember when we worshipped in the Life Center for like three or four months at the beginning of 2007? They turned this place upside down, took out the pews and that wonderful green carpet that was in here and the walls and all this stuff and tore out walls and put in a baptistry in the floor and turn it blue from green to blue. We moved back in here right after Easter. The Lord began to move Things continue to grow. 2009, things are growing. We need to add more space, so we build two more buildings on the front of that building. Church continues to grow under Pastor Merritt's leadership, going from William Street, that we don't even know where that's at, way over here, to Highway 21. And right now, in 2018, we're sitting here, and in just a few months, you're going to see the next stage of what God wants to do here at Rinkin Church of God. We have five acres that over the years, Pastor Merritt and the council have been working and planning, cleared out those five acres, and you've kind of watched it, but those five acres are going to turn green by summertime. And you're going to see green grass, and it's going to look like a football field. That's what they told me the other night at the council meeting, so I'm going to say it, all right? They said it's going to look like a football field, all right? So you, you take it up with them if it don't by the spring, because that's what they told me, all right? So, and our vision for that is that we will use that area for recreation and, and, and for, for our fall family fun days and for us to go out there as a church and for us to reach our community with it. Now you think about all that has gone on on all these years and all these things that have happened. And I began to think about that and I thought, you know what, Lord, it is not just the roll of the dice and not just it just happened that in 1971 they wound up here on Highway 21. Are you with me? God Almighty in His foresight and knowledge knew what Highway 21 in Rinkin would be in, in, I was about to say 19, in 2018. And over the years, God has placed us right here in a position for us to be front and center in the middle of Effingham County. Does anybody ever think about that? 
Does anybody think about that you don't have to tell your church, well, we're over there some, We're over there on William Street. You go by the school, you turn left, you turn right. No, the Lord in His plans and providence set us right out here on Highway 21. Now, I asked you a question last month. We did a church survey, and I said, what do people in our community think about Rankin Church of God when they think about Rankin Church of God? I want to I share with you some of the things that were written in that survey, Okay. What is our church known for in the community? Showing the love of Christ to others, always ready to do what we can for others. A good church that reaches out to missions in the community and is getting better and better. I like that. Outreach in the community, including Manor House, Backpack Buddies, many other outreaches. And then three people put that we were known as the church with the backwards R. I'm like, I knew that was coming, all right? That's all right, I can take that. Somebody said, welcome home. And this is my favorite one. I don't know who wrote this, but you made, me, you made me smile when I read it. What are we known for in the community? The second church on the left. The nice one on 21 with the big building behind it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you, people say, where do you go to church? I go to church at the nice one on 21. All right? You, you didn't get that like I did. How are you getting it? The nice one. We go to that nice church down there on 21 now. Great seniors ministries, great youth groups. Nobody said this, but somebody actually said it to me personally. Last month, I met somebody in my neighborhood, and I was telling them where I was at and where I went to church. He said, oh, you're that church that has the pumpkins. I said, yeah, that's us. We're the pumpkin church, okay? Now, can I tell you, there's a whole lot worse things that we could be known for than a backwards R and some pumpkins. So can I just tip my hat and thank you for the type of people that you are, that the integrity that you have and that our past pastor had and has as he's carried this church, for us to be at this point, at this time in the history of our church, that's pretty remarkable to get that type of, represent, of representation. We don't have the reputation around the county as being, well, you know, that's that church that da-da-da-da-da-da-da. If all people say is backwards are and pumpkins and a, and a nice, that nice one out there on 21. I like that, but I believe what the Lord is saying to us right now is that it's time to put that thing in another gear. Not that people are just walking around talking about ringing church of God to talk about ringing church of God. Not even that people say, well, that's the church that loves their city. That's great and nice, but this is what. If you look at the end of that scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, the end goal of everything we do as a church should be what's right on the screen. So that everyone should praise your heavenly Father. So we're called to be salt and to be salty and stay salty, to be light and to stay lit. But Jesus tells us there's a result to the salt and the light, and this is what it is. I want to read that verse in the message version because. I pulled that up yesterday and I'm like, ooh, man, that's good. Look at this. In the message, Matthew 5, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't you think I'm... Don't, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a, book, a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. 
Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Listen to that. Keep open house and be generous. I think that's what God's calling us to here at the end of this message. is not just to be salt and to be light, but to be open, to keep an open house, and to be generous with what God is doing in our lives. And as a result of all that, it says you'll, if you live that way, by opening up to others, by being salt and light, you'll prompt people to open up with God. So here's the thing. This is what I got out of that. We're not just to be salty and stay salty and be light and stay lit. We are to be open and we are to expect openness. Y'all are too quiet because that didn't sink in your gut like it did in mine yesterday. So that means I got I to gotta preach that. This is driving me crazy. I can't see y'all. Y'all, that, that, that's right in my eyeline. Okay, don't follow my, I'm putting my light over in the corner for just a second. All right, so listen. What this says is that as we are salt and light, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. When we start living this out and we're open with our salt and we're open with our light, and our life, and we begin to share who He is and what He's done in our lives, when we're open and we're generous, Jesus says there's an automatic response to that. The response is that other people become open. So when you live an open life, you live a generous life, a salty life, a lit life, you can expect people around you to be open to what God is doing in their lives because they're seeing what God is doing in your life. And what happens is you will then at that point play a part in their story because if this is the beginning of somebody's story and right here is where they're going to meet Jesus all during this past. See, a lot of us as believers, we just want to be way over here on this part. We want to be the one who, who gets to pray the sinner's prayer and lead them to Christ and, and, and get that and, and kind of say, okay, wow, I did that. That's awesome. And yeah, that's wonderful. But it could be that the openness we're talking about in the scale from where somebody is to where they are to meet Jesus, there's a lot of parts in that journey. How many people know that in your journey to get from where you used to be to where you know Jesus, there was a lot of parts and, and series and, and steps and phases and things you had to go through to get you to that point. Paul said it like this in Corinthians. He said, one waters, one plants. I did this. Apollos did that. What he's saying is that you will have a part, if you're open, you'll have a part in somebody's life somewhere along the way. So you may not hit the home run at the end that leads them to Jesus, but your light, your life, your witness, your saltiness, somewhere along the journey, Jesus may have you right there and you may say, man, I don't think I'm making a difference. As long as you're lit, you're making a difference. 
I don't think I'm making a difference at the lunchroom and at school and my attitude. I'm different than everybody else. But it's not changing in every, it's not changing anything. It is. People are seeing it and you don't know where you are and where they are in the scale and in the process God's using you. I think about you, Jackie. Think about all those people that come and sit in your chair every day and you do their hair. Familiar with that because my dad's a barber, my mom's a beautician, and I know all the people that have sat in their chairs through the years. And people sit in your chair, this is just an example. People sit in her chair all the time, every day. Is that an opportunity for her to witness or what? She's a cat, they're a captive audience. You get their, that hair greased up and stinking and smelling with that permanent, you think they're going to leave with that in their head? No, if they're not. And there's Jackie working on them. And she may not be reading this verse, but if her life is open and she's sharing who God is and what He's done and the difference He's made in her life, there she is, her light shining. And you know what she's doing to that head? Woo, she's sawing that head the whole time. You know you're pouring salt on there, did you? Absolutely. And wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, if you're teaching school, whoo, you're salting those lives. The people that you interact with every day, the places that are your city, you are salting the lives of those people. And as you do it, expect, be open and expect openness. Now, let me, let me close with this today. As we do this this year, I, it, it's, you know... God's put us in this position at this time in, in the history of our church. And I believe everything that the Lord's been laying on my heart and everything that's come together for this series, well, one more week next week, we're going to talk about the church and how important the church is. We're going to have communion together next week. It's going to be a great, meaningful day to close out this series. But I wanted to take a minute and share with you specifically what we are going to do and are doing as a church this year. Not just to say, okay, we're going to love our city. Here's how we're loving our city. Ten things real quick. I heard somebody. Oh, ten, my Lord. I heard you. I forgive you. They're going to go quick. Number one, prayer. We started this year with an emphasis on prayer. Had an incredible night of prayer. I, I don't know, we had 50, 60 people here. Last Sunday night, praying. Man, what a night of prayer. We're, we're walking into this thing, walking in with prayer. Small groups leading on prayer. Ladies ministry on Sunday morning in prayer. We're opening the door. We're going to be praying for God to use our campus and our facilities in ways like never before. When it warms up, some of those Sunday night prayer meetings, we're going to take them to the street and we're going to do some prayer walking. I have in my mind, I can see people from Ringing Church of God walking on both sides of Highway 21 down there where the sidewalk starts and praying for our city. Number two, soul winning. I, the Lord's laid it in my heart. I want us, we're going to find a way through preaching, through teaching, through small groups to share with you so that if the Lord does put you in the place where on the end of the scale you can lead somebody to Christ, you know how to do it. We're going to talk about that and share how can you lead somebody to Christ. If you don't know how to do that, how do you walk somebody through the sinner's prayer and lead them to Jesus? Here's the third thing that's been going on. Youth movement taking the lead with this, with their projects. Volunteer in the Manor House, Acts 3, Cool Water Project, Seek Week, youth, youth Movement continuing to lead the way in loving our city. Here's the fourth thing, Backpack Buddies. Wow, look at this. 
As far as I can see from left to right, this is the vision I had in my mind last week when I challenged you to do this. And what a joy it was this morning to see you guys coming in here loaded down, bringing stuff. This is going to go into the homes of children who get a hot, two hot meals at school. They get breakfast and lunch, but they don't get much else other than that. There's people in Effingham just like that. And because you brought this, you are making a light, a difference. You are loving your city. I just want to thank Patricia McDaniel and Austin and Miss Trina and Miss Nancy and all that they do to serve for Backpack Buddies. They do an incredible job. But we're going to not just ask you to do this once this year. We're going to do a Backpack Buddies movie night at some point this year. We're going to get over there on the lawn where we had Fall Family Fun Day, show a movie one night. And the ticket is going to be another bag full of Backpack Buddies stuff. We're going to give you free popcorn and hot dogs and drinks, and we're going to hang out and have a good time as a church family, but it's going to be an opportunity for us to do something for Backpack Buddies. Here's the next one, GLOW. This organization has been around in our county for a while. God loves orphans and widows. We partner with them the first weekend in March. We will host the GLOW Prom here. We've been doing it for several years. It's a prom for special needs children, adults, and teenagers. Powerful event, incredible event to reach them. Glow has an event in the fall called Thanksgiving Village. But can, can I just tell you that when, when you start opening up and saying to the Lord, God, I want you to use our church in ways, you'll start getting phone calls. So the first week of the year, I got a, I got a phone call from Glow saying, we're moving and we need a place to store Two or three or four freezers and refrigerators. And we, we talked about it as a staff and as, as a council and tried to figure it out. And we're going to use our round building over there on the other side of the office. Glow's going to move their stuff in there at the end of January. And for about six weeks, while they're moving to a new facility, they're going to use our property to, to host their food distribution site. That's us loving our city. That's us taking some room that we have. We're having to cut the power on. We don't have power to that building anymore. We don't use it for anything but storage. But we called this week and said, cut the power on. We're going to use it. Hats off to our council this week for saying, hey, let's do that. That's a good opportunity for us. All right? We ones, okay? Then the next day, I got a call from somebody about We Ones. What in the world's We Ones, okay? So shortly, We Ones is this business and consignment community outreach where they're going to come in here this fall. They're going to use our Life Center for a week to provide clothes to people who need clothes at a cheaper rate. That's the, that's the short version of what We Ones is. And what does it do for us? It gives us access to hundreds of people who will be on our campus. It gives access to our name and logo that will go all over Facebook and all over their distribution list saying, Rinkin Church of God, City on a Hill. How about that? Right there on Highway 21, you know, the nice church. They're the ones with the consignment shop. How about that, okay? Rinkin Elementary School. We partnered with them at Christmas, helped them out. And I, the first time that I gave this idea to the council, I said, um, this is what we want to do for Christmas. What do you guys think? Absolutely behind it. And one of our councilmen said this. Why do we just have to do it at Christmas? And I was like, yes. Yes, my heart said yes. That's what I want to hear. Can we partner with them throughout the year? And so I sent the director this week an email. And I told her, I said, look. I hope your year's gotten off to a great start. We want to continue to partner with you at Rinkin Elementary School. If, you, if your kids need anything, you can count on 
Rinkin Church of God right up the street. And this is what she said. She emailed me back. She said, good morning, Les. This email makes my heart happy. Thanks so much for including Rinkin Elementary School in the Love Your City initiative. I'll be in touch throughout the school year when we have a specific need arise. Currently, I don't have any immediate needs, but that could change by this afternoon. Thanks so much for being willing to help our school. I hope you all know how much we appreciate your church family and the kindness you've shown to our faculty and students. Wow, that's you. That's Rinkin Church of God being in our local school, making a difference in the lives of kids. Uh, Pastor Kevin and, and the youth movement have gone down there and taken coffee and donuts and juice and biscuits to, to teachers. You want to make a teacher's day and love on a teacher? Give them a biscuit that lets them know they can get through that third grade class all day. Woo! Hallelujah! They're shouting over here. <laughs> Ministry to marriages. First weekend in February. We've said it, we've said it, we've said it. We're making it super easy. We're going to provide child care here at the church. So you do not have an excuse for not being at this, this okay? If you say, I can't afford it, talk to me personally. We'll let you come for free. We, we're just... We got to have something to cover the cost of the food that we're having on Saturday night. But we, the Lord has laid it in my heart that we reach out to marriages. And the first weekend in February, we've got a couple coming from Cleveland, Tennessee, Dr. Jimmy and Sharon Harper, close, longtime personal friends of mine. We'll do a tremendous job in this marriage conference. And we're doing it because we care about marriages. We know that marriages and families need restoration and healing, so we're going to provide that. And if you know of any family, anybody, this is us loving our city, our church, and loving our community, anybody who needs this, send them to us. Family Promise. This morning we were supposed to have a representative from Family Promise with us today. The director was supposed to be here, but unfortunately she's had the flu and pneumonia all week. So she'll be here next Sunday to tell you about Family Promise. So we'll put that on hold. We're going to partner with them this year in a new way. And here's number 10, just community events, Oktoberfest, parades, uh, whatever it is. You know, it's important. It's a big deal. Somebody says, why are y'all in the parade? It's being visible in our community saying, hey, y'all, we're Rinkin Church of God and we're here. If you need us. You can call on us. If you need a place to come to church, you can call us. You need a place for a marriage conference to bring your kids, your teenagers. Well, you can call on us. We will be here for you. That was quick 10. And I haven't even mentioned the four missionaries that we serve all over this planet. Ring and Church of God, you are making a difference. And this year, we're going to make a difference in ways like we never have before. And here's the thing. I think you're ready for it. Because when I look at this and I see the simple challenge we gave you this week to go buy a bag full of groceries, and I see people coming in here tonight and Wednesday night bringing their groceries in, I'm like, heck yeah, you guys get it. You're seeing it, you're sensing it, you're feeling it. We can make a difference in our community, and you're doing it. Kevin, if you'll come and begin to play for me this morning when, we, when you came in, you found these cards on your seat. These little, you should have found like a little pack of five cards. If, if your seat didn't have one, raise your hand and we'll, we'll get you one. Because we've got some all around. Just raise your hand if you don't have one. And somebody else will get you one. Because we've got extra ones sitting around. Okay? This is an idea that 
I'm going to give Josh the, all the credit for this. Our, our children's director, Josh Summit, had this idea. And he, he, took, he took my heart and what God was saying to me and, um, and, and was able to put all this together for what you're seeing with Love Your City. Got a couple more over here, Pastor Kevin. We want to ask you to take these cards and to use these cards. On the front, it's got our vision for the year. And on the back, it says, you are loved. And this is your starter set, okay? What does starter set mean? It means that this is just the first pack you're going to get. We're going to have these available all year. I hope, I hope every month I have to order another 2,000 of them. We started with 1,000. I'm going to order 2,000 more tomorrow. I hope we have to keep ordering because here's what you're going to do. It's a tangible way for you to take these, put them in your car, your purse, your pocket, somewhere that you can just write a note and leave it somewhere to let somebody know that they're loved, that you're thinking about them, that you care for them. Now talk to me. How can you use a card? Where is one place that you're thinking about right now that you could use a card like this, write a note and leave it? At a restaurant for your server, right? You have a chance to get a, a connection with them, do that. Maybe you use the same person every time at the grocery store or at Walmart and you write them a card and you say, hey, Susie, I thank you. You always do a great job serving. You're loved. You hand that to them. Maybe you're in the drive-thru line and you do that drive-thru thing and you say, hey, you're loved. Just thinking about you today. Paid for your meal. Hey, I want to pay for the person's meal behind me. And uh, will you give them that card when they come by? Just tell them they're loved. Maybe you see somebody and that you uh, that that's uh, having trouble getting in the grocery store, and you're able to help them out. And then you go back and you put a put a note on their car. Whatever. There's endless ways that you can use these cards to reach out to people to say you are loved. Just to take that extra step to tell somebody, hey, we're here for you. You know what you could do, husbands? Do you like brownie points, husbands? How many of you need some? How many of you running low or even in the negative? Y'all are laughing. Oh, you're a negative, brother. That's where I'm at. You can use this. You're loved, honey. I love you. You are gorgeous, wonderful. Thank you for all you do. You're the greatest thing in my life. Praise God for you every day. And you put that by where she gets ready in the morning. My Lord, you're going to have a good day, and she is too. Put that in your husband's lunchbox. Put that in your kid's lunchbox. Leave that across the table at the lunch table tomorrow. Hey, I, I know you've been going through some stuff we've been talking about. I just want you to know I love you. It's limitless. What is it? It's a little salty. A little salt right there. Be salty. Stay lit. These are ways that you can do it. I'll give you one more way. When you walk out this morning, you're going to see a mess in the foyer. What's a mess out there? Because we have spread hundreds of little sheets of paper out there that have random acts of kindness written on them. And as you walk out today, you're going to see colors galore. As you walk out, you've got this, and then you're going to reach down, you're going to pick up a handful of just wadded up paper, put in your pocket when you go home, you're going to see something and you're going to read it. This is something I can do. Visit somebody in the nursing home this week. Just all kinds of lists out there. Finding ways to say to our community, you are loved we love you see we've talked about love your city you know what your city is 
But what we're talking about today is our city. Haven't talked about it yet, but you see the play on words. You see it immediately, right? When you look at the graphic. It's not just your city, it's ours. Effingham County belongs to us. It's our responsibility to be salt and light here in Effingham and Chatham and everywhere that God has placed us. And I'm looking at people today who will rise to the occasion and make it happen. Stay salty. Stay lit. Be open and expect openness. Those are the things that are going to happen as we respond to what God's doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you today for just opening our hearts today in fresh new ways to the gospel and what, what it looks like and how we can be salt and light, how we can make a difference. And God, we're so grateful, Lord, that you have called us to not just experience your light, but to be the light. And I pray today for your people that as we exit these doors in a few moments, that God will know, God, what it means to be your witnesses to a world that needs you. Lord, we pray that you'll remind us everywhere we go and everything that we do, God, what you're calling us to and what you've called us to do and to be. In Jesus' name. Does it really matter that much? Is that that big of a deal? Let me close and then we'll receive the offering. And Jesus said, Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter, you who are blessed by my Father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry. And you fed me. I was thirsty. And you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will say, I'm telling you the truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Let me tell you who you bought backpack buddies food for this week. Jesus. Push that card across the table to a server who's having a tough day. Jesus. Who said that that was happening? Jesus. Jesus said that's how it works. Be salt. Be light. God has put it in you to make a difference in this county. God has put us as a church right here on Highway 21 at this point in time. Most traveled road in the county, right? And what do people have to do every day when they drive to Savannah? Who they got to drive past? That nice church. City on a hill. That's what God's called us to be. God bless your people today. Thank you for your word and for worship and the experience to be together as a church family today. I pray that what we've heard, Lord, would walk out and we would live it together as salt and
and light and openness. And God, may you open the floodgates of what you're going to allow us to see as we are your hands and feet. In Jesus' name. Ushers, if you'll come and get ready to serve us. And guys, if you'll get ready to show the video announcements as they do. These guys are going to serve us. And um, thank you for being flexible today to do things a little bit different. I think you guys can handle that. God, we just thank you for these, these offerings and every person who gives today. God, that the things that we give today, Lord, we give them back to you. Tithe and offerings and missions giving that goes back into the, our community, goes back into our church, it goes into our world. And we thank you for it and we praise you for it. Bless the gift and the giver today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, RCAG. Let's take a look at all the exciting events we have coming up this week. All youth movement students and parents should remain in the sanctuary following today's service for an informational meeting about Seek Week 2018. Wednesday Night Supper returns this Wednesday at 6 p.m. The menu is tacos and the cost is $5 per person. Sign up in the foyer or online. Ministry to our children is a priority here at RCOG. We want every family member to have the opportunity to worship in a place designed to meet their needs. Kid City is provided for preschool to sixth grade in our Kid City Worship Center. Children from birth to three years old should be dropped off in the nursery each Sunday. Their parents will find a well-staffed, clean, and fun environment where babies and toddlers can be cared for as their parents enjoy the worship service. It is a pleasure to provide these opportunities for your children. All members are invited to join us for our annual church business meeting next Sunday, January 28th at 6 p.m. We will be reviewing the 2017 financial statement as well as the 2018 budget. Couples of all ages are invited to join us for Happily Ever After Weekend, Friday, February 2nd through Saturday, February 3rd here at RCOG. Doctors Jimmy and Sharon Harper will be our guest speakers. The cost is $30 per couple and includes a Saturday night meal, refreshments, and resources. Childcare will be provided both nights for $5 per child. Register online at www.rinkincog.com. Financial Peace University will be offered on Wednesday evening starting February 7, 2018. The class is a nine-week course of instructions and each class is approximately 90 minutes. More information can be found on RCOG Facebook page. Want to stay connected? There are many ways and one of them is social media. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and use the hashtags Welcome Home or RCOG on posts you share. You can also check out our website at www.rinkincog.com. Follow the links to the media page and then to live streaming to watch services live or view archived services. The audio of each message is also available for download on our media page. That wraps it up for now, RCOG. Don't forget to be salt and light today and have a great week. All right, God bless you. Thank you for being in worship with us today. Uh, youth Movement, don't forget you got a meeting down here. And... Uh, Pastor Kevin will meet with you guys right now. We'll see you Wednesday. God bless you.